episode 39 of Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. I saw the movie 65 million years ago, last night. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you for free. It was shit. It was a terrible movie. Sony, what are you doing? How did you miss on this one? The trailers look great. They set it up that, you know, Sam Raimi is producing it and all this crap. And Adam Driver looked great. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, an hour and a half of pure garbage. The CGI was horrible. The story was so fast-paced. Yet it was boring. I just... When there's dinosaurs involved... And you have a dinosaur film. I feel like you're going to have a big draw. You just are. And Adam Driver, he's a big draw. Our theater was packed. We looked around. There were people to our left, people to our right, people behind us, people way up in the the front row. It was packed in there. And listen, I'll be honest with you. Adam Driver, he was great. He was. He was. He was every bit as advertised. And, you know, the the trailer was pretty much all the good parts in the movie, to be honest with you. You get the big shot of the T-Rex. You get people running away from these weird mutant dinosaurs. And, uh, you know, for me, it was as simple as this. I get to the theater with my boys there, Austin and Zane. We uh, we go in there, we sit down, we watched a couple of weird trailers, to say the least. <clears throat> There's some Pope movie coming out with, uh, with Russell Crowe, and um, yeah, it was like weird demons and like The Exorcist. I don't know, it was like the exorcism of some priest. I don't know, it started really good. The trailer started good, and then you lost me with the little boy, you know, talking like the devil in bed. <laughs> like, it was so weird. It was really weird. And uh, it was funny because Zane leaned, leaned over to me, and he's like, this looks good, like, this immediately, like, we, sh- we gotta go, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, I was sold too. Like, Russell Crowe, awesome. Like, he looks awesome. But... It, it ends up being shit. Like by the end, it was like, wow. And that was, like it or not, that was a uh, a little prequel or a little preview for us as a, as a movie watcher last night of what was to come. You know, it was, so we sit down, we're in our seats, all this all the credits, <clears throat> the trailers come through, all that stuff happens, and the movie opens, you know, and Adam Driver has this really awkward beach scene, didn't work for me at all, and they had the audacity, I said this to to my friends, I said they had the audacity to like refer to that scene as like a memory of his, like later in the movie, like the one scene we see with him and his wife on the beach, and you know, it's memories of his daughter that he carries with him and all this crap. But the plot was just weak. It was less than weak. It was awful. 
And, uh, you know, Sony, when they invest their time and money into these things, it feels like the script would have read a lot better than what, uh, what I saw last night, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was trash. There's really no other way around it. There's no, there's no tiptoeing around the subject. I thought that it was garbage. I thought that it was, there was not enough time spent on the CGI dinosaurs. I thought the dinosaurs were weirdly constructed and to go back to the start of the film, when we were sitting there, it's like it opens with the sequence where he crashes and then it's like 65 million years ago, a visitor came to Earth. And it's like, oh, it's Earth? Like it's not some like weird alien planet. It just, it was, it was muddy. It was muddy. It was shitty, you know? <laughs> At the end, we're all sitting there and these two older ladies, well, first of all, this these two kids come flying down the stairs a few times. And one of the times I hear this like 10 year old kid say to his buddy, this is the worst movie I've seen, like top 10 worst movies I've ever seen. And I'm like, I mean, he's 10 years old and like, he's going to remember this as a shit movie for a long time. I feel you, man. I'll be there when you're 20, you know, when you're 20 and you want to revisit that dumpster fire of a movie that you saw comic book movie guy will uh will be waiting there for you to say hey i was in your theater there they're sunny and uh i couldn't agree more you know and these two uh older ladies they came flying down the stairs if you will um near the end this is when they turn the lights on to get people out of there isn't that funny how theaters do that by the way you know, like Cineplex, it's like after a certain period of time, like I get it, you got another show coming, but they just, they turn on the brightest lights possible and it's like, all right, clear out everyone. And it works. Like, I don't want to be in there when the lights are on like that. It's so bright. So we were like, we left immediately, but these ladies that passed us, they're like, what are you guys waiting for? Or whatever, right? Or something along those lines. And I literally said like, just processing what we just watched like it was so bad like they laughed and they were just like you know skipped away but we all looked at each other like yeah like it was that bad man like laughable laughable and the end is atrocious the end of this film i'm gonna spoil it for all you guys because it was that awful they just escape like past like wave at the asteroid as like the comet comes down to hit earth as we know happened and kills off the dinosaurs as we know happened and of course the the writers for these guys for for this for this sony film the writers end up deciding that they're gonna just leave earth in the rocket in the broken rocket as the comet passes by Dinosaurs explode, Earth extinct, and it was like Adam Driver was never there. <sighs> you know, to dedicate eight minutes of my episode here to like shit on a movie that was so bad, it's it tells you something. Maybe maybe you wanted to go see 65 million years ago. Don't. You can if you want, but just be prepared. And I, it was interesting because I like... I'm not a, like I am a dinosaur movie guy. Like I love all the Jurassic Parks and I love 
like even the Jurassic worlds, like I thought those were pretty good too. I mean, let's be honest, like some of the later ones, like, okay, I only like one of the Jurassic world movies. Like you caught me. All right. You caught me in a lie. I don't like the Jurassic worlds, but the Jurassic parks are pretty damn good. And uh, the first Jurassic world movie is good. I do like when they're rolling around in the gyro balls, you know, flying through the what looks like a Hawaiian hillside and there's all the dinosaurs running around them. It's it feels like an easy sell. And it feels like Sony I I saw that they collected I think it was like 12.2 million at the box office for opening weekend, which that ain't bad. That ain't bad for how bad that movie is. I'm, I'm, I bet the I bet that next week, uh, this movie plummets and uh, rightfully so. I just think like a movie like this is gonna make its money on the first weekend for sure, right? But dinosaur movies they feel like something that's safe and easy with most audiences because it's action packed. And let's be honest, human beings, most human beings are fascinated by dinosaurs because they walked the earth before we did, you know? And that's that's kind of a cool thing. And they were extinct. They were wiped out. And there's like, you add a sci-fi element to that, and it makes for a draw. People want to go see that. I wanted to go see that, you know? There was all kinds of different things about this film that I wanted to go and see. But to be honest with you, it sucked. It just plain sucked. And that happens sometimes. And, uh... It was more about the night for me, you know, like we went to the rec room beforehand, had a beer, hung out, watched some of the Euler game, headed on down to the Cineplex, just right across the street. It's perfect, super convenient. Get there and, you know, order our popcorn and all that stuff, grab our seats. You know, it's, it's about the night out. It's about, that's what it's about, you know, <laughs> like that movie could have been, it just I was gonna say that movie could have been a dumpster fire and it was it was and I still enjoyed myself because I was with great company and that's what it's all about you know tonight is the Oscars and I wanted to touch on this today because I'm very excited to watch the Oscars tonight I have you know the 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 main uh, categories kind of guessed at this point so I'm excited to see if I'm right or wrong or what the case will be there but uh, I just don't think there's a way that Brendan Fraser does not take home the Oscar tonight for best actor I mean on as far as best picture goes I would say everything everywhere all at once would be my prediction uh, I watched that movie and I was just like blown away it was really cool um, and I just love that story. I love the story of the the main character there. Um, oh boy, Michelle Yeoh is her name. And uh, I just think that that story about an immigrant sort of working her way in a laundromat and then her husband, who's this shy sort of, I don't know, they're falling apart, their marriage is falling apart, all this stuff. And that guy, you know, he can travel through time and he can show her the different multiverses and stuff. And it was it was unique. It was fun. It was funky. You know, they had Jamie Lee Curtis as like an evil bot at one point. It was like super 
freaky watching Jamie Lee Curtis like with a death stare coming at you trying to kill you. But that story of I'm going to look up his name because I really don't want to get this one wrong. But when I watched everything everywhere all at once, I didn't know that his name was so it's K Hu Kwan. I'll I'll know better how they pronounce it at uh, at the Oscars tonight. Oh, okay. Also known as Jonathan Key Kwan, and he played uh, he was in the old Indiana Jones movies. Like he's an absolute comeback story, right? He's fifty one, and he was in like Temple of Doom, um, and he was also in the Goonies. He's that kid. You know, he talked like this. He was the little Asian boy. Like, he talked like this. And it was like, to see him in this film and to see how good he was in every everything, everywhere, all at once, I think he's got a really good shot at Best Supporting Actor. And I think that the film itself could win Best Picture. But, you know, there's, there's all kinds of films that I have heard of, um, but I haven't really watched anything but the trailers on them. I learn a lot about the movies I want to watch on Oscar night which is like pretty exciting, right? Because you can watch the Oscars and I know it's it's dry. There's a lot of awards. There's a lot of ass kissing, if you will, to the Academy. And it's it's a dry, dry watch. But at the same time, it's a unique experience because you get to see A-list actors and actresses um, on the red carpet dressed up to the nines because they want to impress and that's their night to be glamorous and you know, wealthy and do what wealthy people do and dress up and go to a an amazing award show that's been on for years and years that's been, f- you know, plagued with controversies. And, you know, I think back to last year with the Will Smith snap. Uh, or, well, yeah, he snapped, but he slapped Chris Rock. I watched that Chris Rock uh, comedy show the other day. Man, does he put Will Smith down easy and in a good way he shut him up in every way possible and uh chris rock has always had a way of spinning stories and spinning jokes in a way that makes me laugh in a way that makes me envious of chris rock at times and uh you know he's a talented talented comedian and i just thought he he served will his lunch on that and i thoroughly enjoyed the last you know nine minutes of Chris Rock's special on Netflix. And I highly recommend, even if you you don't watch the full thing, although it is hilarious, um, I, I recommend that last nine minutes for sure. Especially if you were like, you know, somewhat triggered by the Will Smith's slap last year. It was awful, man. It was It was brutal. And I did a podcast about it right after it happened. And I talked about how disrespectful... Will Smith was and how I lost a ton of respect for him and how I can't watch his movies. Listen, to this day, a year later, I still can't watch his movies. I just, uh, he doesn't excite me as an actor anymore. And that's sad. That's actually the first time that's that's really happened to me with an actor of that caliber um, where I've sort of witnessed something that he's done, me along with the rest of the world, that just made me go... Man, you got some stuff to figure out and you got some stuff to say um, that I need to hear in order for me to even give you a sniff. 
next time. Like, there won't be a next time until I hear that from him as a human being, you know? Otherwise, I can't support him. I can't support that shit. It was, uh, it was trash. It was, it was, it was bigger trash than the movie 65. It was, and is it, what is it? What the hell is it called, by the way? Is it 65? Is it 65 million years ago? They change it every two seconds on the posters and in the trailers. And, oh, I could go on and on about how bad that movie was. Holy man. Oh, I had to like, and it was coming off of, I told Zane and Austin this, it was coming off of a week where I had a double feature on Netflix where I watched Gran Torino and Taxi Driver. And if you haven't watched Gran Torino, like I was going to do an entire episode on Clint Eastwood, still might one day. I don't think there's enough passion there for me for Clint Eastwood stuff to, to sort of do an episode on it, but boy, oh boy, did he nail Gran Torino and... When I watched that one and I watched the sort of aggressive, gritty, you know, old man Clint Eastwood, racist Clint Eastwood, he killed that role. And so did all of the the actors who played, uh, you know, the Hmong, the, the Hmong gang and the Hmong family that, that lived beside him. And they sort of, you know, there's, there's points where they teach the culture, the, the culture of the Hmong and how it, how it helped. Uh, Clint Eastwood's character through the movie like sort of change and adapt and uh, yeah it's just uh, Gran Torino is an all-time Clint Eastwood film and uh, if you're a fan of good movies like movies that make you go yeah that was good you know as simple as that may sound but when you say it out loud and you say it out loud to someone afterwards yeah it's one of those movies and uh, Taxi Driver, of course, is a classic. A dark, dark classic. Man, De Niro freaks me out in that one. He really does. He uh, he makes my skin crawl every time I watch it. And um, it doesn't change every time I watch that movie. Like, anytime I watch Taxi Driver, I'm a little bit uncomfortable by the end. And that's how I want to feel. This is like a weird thing. But that's how I want to feel when I watch that movie. And it's like... It's just an all-time performance and an all-time movie from a guy like Martin Scorsese. And, uh, you know, I just... That is what I watched this week leading up to 65. (laughs) And then when I watched 65, and maybe, just maybe, it's my fault for watching a couple of really good movies. And then it sort of maybe dampened the, the ability, maybe put on the horse blinders for me a bit. And I was like hypercritical of this movie. But when I tell you the CGI was bad, it like takes you right out of it, right? And when you think of like dinosaur movies, you really want the CGI to be up there. You, like that needs, it needs to be good, whatever you do. And I mean, if you go to the lengths that Spielberg did with, you know, robotic dinosaurs, <laughs> then it is what it is. You can do that. And it worked really well. And they did really cool sound effects and stuff for those dinos but it just felt really unoriginal and it like just left a really really bitter taste in my mouth and it wasn't the popcorn that didn't have butter on it that I asked for butter on it's okay that's fine you know the poor kid 
who was serving us last night, I asked for I asked for three large popcorns and I asked for um, two Molson Canadians and a bottle of water, which I had already put on the counter. And that's fine. It was great, you know, and they, great service, no problem at all. But uh, they gave the drinks, and what threw them off was that they had to get somebody else to give us the alcohol, and that's fine, no worries. I felt so bad because he goes back and he grabs the large popcorn, gives it to Zane. All good. Grabs the second large popcorn, gives it to to Austin. All good. Grabs a bag because they're out of large popcorns now, fills it right to the top for either me or Austin, one of the two. I can't remember who had the popcorn first, but this kid reaches over. It's like the last item. And he just knocks the whole popcorn over. Like half of the popcorn spills all over the counter, all over the the cash register, everything. Like I felt so bad for him. And it's like, he's like, oh, like right away. Like, and he was so good too, right? Right away he's like, it's like, oh, I'll get, you, I'll get you guys another one right away. And, you know, we're sitting there like, no worries at all, man. Like, it's all good. Just felt bad. But like those popcorn bags, I'm never more like careful when I'm holding a popcorn bag at a movie theater, I just, I know why there's spills all the time. I know why there's always that one person with the, the stand up like garbage disposal and just the broom, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like just like limping almost to each spot and like scraping up the popcorn kernels. Like it's just, that's what you're going to get in a movie theater. And uh, I just, I wanted to give the Cineplex employee a shout out last night because I thought he did a good job despite a couple of uh, little mishaps. And that's what you want, you know, you want, you want those, those people to be, to be very, um, to be very like on the ball. And he was, you know, and that's what I care about when I go to the movies. Um, But uh, I went for a walk today around uh, Indigo with my fiance and have you guys ever done this where you go and you kind of, you do a walk? This is the first time I've actually done this where I, I ended up picking up a couple of books. I, at one point I was holding like three comics and a book um, that was the Batman screenplay. I was going to read like the actual screenplay. They do that now. I saw, I was like blown away first of all to see the Batman screenplay sitting there. And then when I pulled that book back, I see behind it the Joker screenplay uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie. Um, and I just, I was fascinated reading the screenplays in the store, but like the point of my story is, is I walked around the whole store with my fiance and we're holding these books. We each had like maybe two or three in hand and we get up to the till and we're kind of standing in line and we're like, we're good. I'm going to put them back. I'm just not, don't feel like spending money on a book today or don't feel like spending money on a comic today. So we went back and we put the the books back on the shelf and we kind of went back to our vehicle and we're sitting there for a minute and it was like, yeah, like that kind of scratched the itch, you know, you just, just to go there and like pick up a book, you know, carry it around the store. You know, it was, it was a good vibe. I love bookstores. I I need to go back, need to go back to more bookstores. Um, And I highly recommend a bookstore as a date day for any of you out there. It's uh, it's a good time because you can communicate and you can talk about what your interests are 
and you can go through the biopic sections. You can find all kinds of different like magazines and stuff we were looking at. We saw the Vanity Fair spread that had like Austin Butler and uh, what's her name from uh, Florence Pugh. Um, and Jonathan Majors was on there too. Like awesome, awesome comp or well, I'll be honest, like their graphic novels do hold up. They don't have much of a variety. Like they do have Marvel and DC, but like they had way more Marvel and for the DC, it was all Batman. They had a few Justice League, few Superman, very small amounts of like the obscure comics. Like I'm kind of, I'm looking everywhere right now besides online for the authority because I would like to read a comic from uh, the authority on the DC side because I think that uh, James Gunn is going to use the authority against the Justice League or against Superman in uh, one of his films coming up here. And I just want to, I want to be prepared. I also want to dive into Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, but that's like an $80 comic and uh, I'll have to save up a few pennies for that one. Um, I think that uh, with the news dropping that James Gunn is going to direct Superman, I knew, or Superman Legacy, I should say, I think that that's uh, important to mention here today because although it wasn't confirmed, we kind of knew that James was, we knew James was writing it, but it's nice to know that he's also going to be um, directing it because we know he's a great director. And I think that to have the guy who's the head at DC directing the biggest DC character besides Batman, uh, that's, you know, that's important. It's important to see his true vision of that character and then other filmmakers and producers, etc. they can build on that and they can sort of go, okay, I see what you're doing, James. Let's, let's continue that trend, but I have this idea or that idea, you know, and that's how you build out a universe. I think it's really smart to do it that way. Um, mind you, Kevin Feige, uh, the Marvel's guy there, he didn't do anything like that. Like he never directed a project, but he used the same people all the time. Like I think of John Favreau, like all the Iron Man movies, like he's heavily involved, right? And like Favreau's a good film guy. He's a good quality film guy. The Russo brothers, when we get up into the Civil Wars and the End Games and the Infinity Wars, you know, like you have to stick to your guns with your directors, no pun intended, and you got to stay with what you know. And that's what James is going to do. And I'm very much looking forward to that coming out in 2025. We were talking about how big of a year 2025 is going to be with the Kang Dynasty coming out and the Batman Part 2. What the hell is that going to look like? Apparently it starts production in November, which is super exciting. And listen, like, that's that's soon, you know? Like, November is not far away. I hate to say that for all my Edmontonians out here because I know the snow is still on the ground. It's like, we haven't even had summer yet, but, like, listen... It's important to know that the sooner a movie starts production, the sooner we get details. So that's a good thing. I think we're like a few months away from some from some uh, casting rumors potentially, some plot rumors potentially. You know, things are things are happening. Things are rolling. The Penguin series uh, for HBO Max is rolling right now. They're filming. I saw all kinds of pictures of Colin Farrell on set. We got Joker, Folia de. Uh, with Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix. That is coming out uh, in the next, I think it's 2024 it's supposed to come out. But at the same time, they're filming it and we're seeing all these little photos of like, geez, it looks like 
oh, I hate to say this, but it, like, it looks like they're, they might be doing an imposter joker in a sense. It could just be an action. Like, I think more so. So what I've seen of Joaquin Phoenix on set is he's running from what looks like a version of his Joker and what looks like another version of him, you know, in different stages and him as well. He's running away from these versions. And I thought at first when I saw that, when I saw like another Joker, I thought maybe they went with like Willem Dafoe's idea for an imposter Joker. And then I was like, nah, like they're not keeping that under wraps or anything. I think if anything, the strongest, the strongest bet for us seeing Willem Dafoe as a Joker would be in a DC universe potentially, but you know, like they're not going to not cast a Joker for that. Are they like, you'd think I'm going to do, um, what, what I feel is, uh, is going to come across. Like I don't love having the same character in every movie, but at the same time, I feel like Joker is one of those characters I can see in every movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind if there's like a hundred different versions of Joker out there. Like, at some point I stopped comparing, to be honest with you. Um, and I know we haven't had that many versions of Joker, but the fact that Joaquin is getting a sequel is really important to me in saying like, yeah, I don't mind. Like, bring it on. I want more Joker content. I was at the com like I was at the bookstore today, the Indigo, and uh, I saw all these Joker comics. And every single one of those Joker comics, there's a different version of the Joker on there. And I just thought to myself, like, give me all of it, you know? And the same thing with Batman. Like, we're in for two different Batmans, if not three, with a cameo at the end of the Flash movie coming out. There's the Brave and the Bold that they're planning on doing. Robert Pattinson's universe. They're going to keep going on that. Like, it's a great time to be a comic book movie fan, man. And uh, it's... uh, Horrible time to go and watch dinosaur movies. So I thank you guys for listening to this one. It's just been kind of a collaboration of a lot of different things that have been on my mind and a really shitty movie that I saw with a couple of my really, really good friends. Uh, So I've been Comic Book Movie Guy. This has been a great chat with you guys. I'm off to watch the Oscars, and I'll see you guys on the next one. (laughs) 